I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN, a global center of excellence for geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Learn how you can put geopolitics to work for your organization at RAINNetwork.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. My name is Emma Kami, and I will be your host today as we discuss the current U.S. Supreme Court cases regarding Section 230 and its potential implications for content moderation on social media platforms. Here with me today is Ali Pluchinski, a cyber analyst at Rain. Welcome, Ali. Thank you, Emma. It's great to be here. To start us off, um, what is Section 230 and why is it being discussed in the U.S. Supreme Court now? Yeah, I would love to talk about it. Um, so Section 230 is a statute that falls under the Communications Decency Act of 1996, which for the last 20 years or so has been the ruling precedent for how the Internet operates and sort of what expectations are expected of companies um, that, for example, social media platforms. And more specifically, Section 230 really pertains to content moderation. And historically, it has protected online platforms from liability for third-party content on their platforms. So the idea of this, when the Internet was first being founded, was that there was a really strong concern that any online internet content maker could be sued for another person's content on their platform, and that this liability uh, would result in severely hindering the growth and development of what was, at the time, the really early stages of the digital revolution and the advent of the internet. And so for the last 20 or so years, social media platforms have been more or less protected from lawsuits or liability for what content is shared on their platforms. So this is Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. And a metaphor that I've sort of heard compared for why, why this protection exists um, is comparable to bookstores and how, you know, nobody expects a bookstore owner to know the what's within the confines of every single book on their shelves. And so if a person comes into that bookstore, buys a book and interprets whatever content is within that book a certain way, that this then leads them to an instance of violence or other illicit activity, it shouldn't be uh, considered the responsibility of the bookstore owner for, for what occurred in that situation. Um, so the same sort of framework has been how the law has interpreted social media platforms and it has really protected them from from this potential uh, uh, area of litigation. However, now there's two separate but related court cases that have worked their way up to the Supreme Court, which began hearings for these two cases last week. The two cases are Gonzalez versus Google and Twitter versus Tamna. And although they're slightly different, um, they both relate to online algorithms and specifically their purported contribution to radicalizing individuals because the plaintiffs in both cases had lost family members to ISIS terrorist-related activity. And so these plaintiffs are claiming that the algorithms curated by these social media platforms on platforms you know, like YouTube, Twitter, have a tendency to show users increasingly radical content the longer they stay on the platform. 
And specifically, they're claiming that these platforms are guilty of, quote unquote, aiding and abetting ISIS and terrorist activity by failing to adequately block and remove content promoting terrorism. So these court cases just began hearings last week. Um, We're not expecting to hear any kind of verdict until this upcoming summer in June. Um, But what do you know what the options are for how the Supreme Court could rule? Yeah, so it's funny that you asked that. There's There's been a lot of opinions on how the U.S. Supreme Court will handle this. And funnily enough, I think it was Elena Kagan that was the first to, you know, admit that the U.S. Supreme Court is not an expert in all things digital or technical. Um, and this really isn't usually the kind of case that the Supreme Court would hear. A lot of experts and other individuals really believe that this is a legislative issue. It should be handled by Congress, which unfortunately has previously failed to make any substantive progress on the issue of Section 230. It was brought up in Congress in 2021. Um, As it happens, actually, though, only yesterday, U.S. Senators Mark Warner, Maisie Hirono, and Amy Klobuchar reintroduced that same legislation called Safe Tech Act, which is also aimed at reforming Section 230 to put more uh, liability on social media companies to hold them accountable for enabling various kinds of malicious cyber activity on their platforms, including cyber stalking, targeted harassment, and discrimination. Um, you know, it's too early to tell how this legislation may survive in Congress, but it's definitely notable with the timing of the fact that, you know, this is being reintroduced now that the court is hearing these two cases. But to get back to your original question, there's a fair amount of belief that the court will seek to circumvent a ruling altogether. Um, In the early hearings last week, they expressed a lot of hesitancy of really upending this landmark precedent. Um, So there's a fair amount of belief that they'll try to maybe move this down to a lower court or find other ways of avoiding substantively changing the current precedent. Um, But, you know, to that same, in that same degree, they could, decide that that there really should be more responsibility on social media platforms um, and that that would be a big landmark shift to what has governed the internet for the last 20 or so years um, but again we we won't find out until this summer so for the time being we'll just have to wait and see and what are the implications for social media platforms and content moderation more broadly right yeah so So, of course, if nothing really happens with Section 230, life will go on more or less as usual. And, you know, these platforms will sort of have their own internal ability to decide how they want to moderate content on their platforms. However, if, you know, the U.S. Supreme Court rules a certain way, if Congress does succeed in moving the Safe Tech Act forward into legislation and law, um, This will have a really big impact on these social media platforms, and it will really require them to dedicate a lot of resources, time and personnel to moderating what is being published on their platforms by users all over the world. And this will put a huge amount of liability on these companies and expose them to a lot of financial, regulatory and compliance risks. Um, It's not even just in the United States. The European Union is also hoping to Uh, enact the EU Digital Services Act in 2024, which will similarly aim to put more content moderation requirements on these companies. 
And, you know, and it's not even really clear to what degree these platforms will realistically be able to fully moderate content on their platforms if these various governing bodies do mandate that they uh, increase their surveillance of content because over the last several years and, you know, even more recently, we've seen this huge influx of disinformation, misinformation, AI bots, um, that have really just proliferated on all of these different social media platforms. Um, so this will definitely create some major challenges for these social media companies. And this is also amid a lot of platform changes on these um, in, within these companies. You know, Twitter and Meta have recently been trying to introduce new forms of paid subscription services to boost revenue. And this is also while a lot of these tech companies are engaging in widespread layoffs, most notably companies like Twitter, which has in the last six months laid off more than half of its uh, employee staff. Um, so, so it really will have a profound impact on these companies in the long term. But again, to what degree legislative and judicial bodies are willing to meet halfway, so to speak, uh, I think they will also realize that this is probably too much of a burden to fully put all this responsibility on these companies. So I think it will probably meet somewhere in the middle in which these companies will have higher content moderation expectations, but maybe not be expected to uh, predict and analyze every possible way that content on their platform could contribute to malicious activity. Well, thank you for that analysis, Ali. That's definitely something that we should keep watching. Um, learn how geopolitical events like this could affect your business with RAIN Intelligence Briefs. Our flagship risk intelligence products provide clients with access to the insights and analyses they need to make more informed decisions and drive better risk management outcomes, all for a fraction of the cost you pay yourself. Sign up at RAINnetwork.com. That's R-A-N-E network.com. I'm Emma Kami. Thank you for listening.